welcome to Fosbury Flop, a podcast for the crazy ones who are not fond of rules. A podcast about the geniuses who change the world. Status quo protectors, you are a fraud. You remind me of myself when I was a moron. Nassim Nicholas Taleb said, First ethical rule. If you see fraud and do not say fraud, you are a fraud. Few days ago, I saw a video of Sanjo Gutierrez, one of the best players in history of paddle, running quite fast in the treadmill. Paddle is a sport played in a 20 by 10 meters court in which each pair can move in its square of 10 by 10 meters and a bit more of a space outside of the court. I was amazed to see players who can run at very different speeds and a maximum of, of 14 meters in a straight line performing that exercise. I had serious doubts about the transfer of the exercise to real situations. I didn't have even 1% of the information that Sanjo's coach has, and that exercise could be more than justified in that context. But I couldn't find, even imagine, a single reason. I think that training hard, I can easily run more distance and faster than Sanjo in the treadmill. But that won't help me beat him in a paddle match at all. Was it really a beneficial exercise even though I didn't understand it? Was it a case of iatrogenics? How passionate we coaches are about hyperinterventionism? Full of doubts, looking for answers and also a bit of buzz, I posted a thought on Twitter about it. What surprised me the most was a reply that said, they are supported by professionals that tell them what exercise to do and which ones not to do. I got a little scared because my mind interpreted it as, you don't have a fucking clue, so let the professionals do their job and don't question them. The Spanish water polo team of Barcelona 92 did a training camp based on the following daily plan. 90 minutes of lifting weights, 12 kilometers swimming with a shirt or weights in the waist, one hour of gym, 90 minutes of a soccer match, and another water polo training session. Those athletes were also supported by professionals that told them what exercise to do or not to do, specifically by the Croatian Dragan Matutinovic. At the Olympics, they won the silver medal. Many members of that team say that, in truth, they lost the gold. When Liz Enrique and his technical staff arrived for the first training on the AS Roma locker room, they were also surprised at how normalized nonsensical practices can be. Their plan was to start with a normal football training session, but all the players were waiting the coaches with running shoes. The previous coach made them use to run sets of 400 meters around the athletics track of the Olympic Stadium before every training session. They were also supported by professionals that told them what exercise to do or not to do. Lots of things that today seem wild or meaningless in the past were considered normal. In fact, they were prescribed by professionals who, it was assumed, knew which exercise to do and which ones not to do. They say that science evolves from funeral to funeral. Sport does it too. If we don't question the present, we eliminate the opportunity 
for better practices in the future. This seems that is the task of the monkeys, of the status quo protectors, those who, when you question something, answer you with that. They are supported by professionals that tell them what exercise to do and which ones not to do. Gustav Mahler said that tradition is not the worship of ashes, but the preservation of fire. The status quo protectors misunderstood him and began to put out the fire and preserve and worship the ashes. An example is Coach Jeff Bell. In theory, he knows what exercise to do and which ones not to do because he has won multiple state championships. The reality is that he's teaching birds how to fly. The performances are great, but the truth is they have nothing to do with how basketball is played. Credibility must be given to you by the success of your present interventions, not by what you have achieved in the past. Did the players perform thanks to or in spite of you, coach? How many coaches like you have done the drills and lost? Which players did you train? Who were the rivals? How did the randomness affect? My grandmother might have won it too. If you need to say that you have won multiple state championships to justify what exercise you do, isn't it something missing in the practice? He thinks he's designing basketball drills, but at most I would dare to call them physical education tasks. Nassim Nicholas Taleb said, his star trader proved to be extremely successful, but I have enough arguments to convince him that he's a dangerous idiot. Another example are tennis coaches and their devotion to perform exercise far away from the essence of the game. Put the player to hit the ball cross-court the whole training hour. No competition, no decision-making, just by repeating the technique and believing that he's automating it. He will be a good player in the exercise, but not in the sport. Don't ask yourself what the hell is going on in the match. Why does he play so crazy? How could he decide so badly? If you have had him all week hitting a ball with a racket, but at any moment he played tennis. My favorite is the Pintus method. How good it sounds. European champion physical coach. Wow. How many have followed the same method and made a mess? What a great professional. I'm sure he knows what exercise to do and which ones not to do. Do they use the achievements on his resume to cover his team's six injuries in 46 days this August, three to the surgery room and three in the biceps femoris. At one injury per week, but more intensity is better performance, for sure. Does he still remain in love with making his players suffer? Is he still applying his PhD in athletics, marathon specifically, in football training? I'm not making this up. It's said by the person who brought him to football, Claudio Gaudino. If we use the cause-effect criterion of Pintus has won a Champions League, then his methods are good. Perfect. I will say that Pintus was Juventus' physical coach who systematically used drugs and prohibited substances to improve the performance of his players. Then his methods are bad. Past events look less random than they were. That somebody achieves success does not provide evidence that is the best program. Same with failures. If I coach Messi, he will remain the best player in history of football. I won't have taught him anything, but with a good marketing advisor, I can take all the credit. Our emotional apparatus designed for linear causality plays against us. 
Success deceives if it is used to label what is good and what is not. We can put the 20 most mediocre coach in the world leading good teams in the same league and one will surely win. We have to go a little deeper. I don't dare to label coaches as lucky or unlucky or as good or bad, depending on the result. I just question them and distrust those who remind me of myself when I was a moron or more of a moron than I am now. I am amazed by those who don't even consider that they could be wrong with those who are not even aware that one can win despite the coach, not thanks to him. Jorge Bilda as an example. Nassim Nicholas Taleb said, don't judge heroes by the result. Heroes won and lost battles in a manner that was totally independent of their own valor. Their fate depended upon totally external forces. Heroes are heroes because they heroic behavior, not because they won or lost. Question the present in order to preserve and worship the fire and throw away the ashes. If by questioning the present you are still successful and they condon you in the future, then you are doing things right. That's why time tells who are the best ones. It removes the effects of randomness. Time just lets the truth remain. That's why I love Fernando Signorini, Maradona's physical coach. Fernando made Diego perform the Cooper test. The coach made a much better mark than Diego, the best player at that time. Then Maradona said to him, then on Sunday, you play. Diego didn't want to gavel explaining to him that if the coach had a better mark than the player, little information about football performance was provided by that test. Maradona was also supported by a professional who told him what exercise to do and which ones not to do, specifically by a professional who was wrong but who knew how to rectify instead of protecting his biased beliefs, not a common practice among professionals, and becoming a status quo protector. In fact, Fernando laid that episode as the first great lesson in the preparation of footballers. I'm waiting for the day when Pintus jumps more than Modric on the fashionable Chronojam vertical jump platform, and the Croatian tells him, then on Sunday you play. Depending on how the physical coach reacts, he will earn my respect. It is true that the best players are supported by professionals that tell them what exercise to do and which ones not to do. I have many doubts that these professionals tell them the truth. In fact, I think that many are monkeys and status quo protectors. Full of biases, they insist on defending their beliefs from being questioned, lest they run out of the stream. Edward Smith, in 1907, was the captain of Titanic and said, but in all my experience, I have never been in any accident of any sort worth speaking about. I have seen but one vessel in distress in all my years at sea. I never saw a wreck and never have been wrecked, nor I was ever in any predicament that threatened to end in disaster of any sort. Then Vinson, Dick's Fosbury's coach, experienced an episode like Fernando Signorini. First, he was a bit status quo protector, but he wasn't afraid to admit he was wrong and change. The coach suggested Dick Fosbury to stop jumping with the scissors style because he would never get anywhere with that technique. The straddle technique was needed to achieve greatness, Dean thought. But it didn't work for Dick, and the jumper expressed his frustration to his coach. 
Dean left the decision to return to the Caesars or continue with the straddle in the Atlas' hands. Dick Fosbury went back to the Caesars and immediately improved his results. Faced with the need to overcome each time a higher bar, he began to pull the trunk back to raise the center of gravity. And naturally and spontaneously, he jumped backwards. The Fosbury flop emerged. I wonder if Dean Benson had been a firm status quo protector and focused on telling the athlete what exercise to do and which ones not to do, what is right and what is wrong, we would never have discovered the Fosbury flop. Luckily, Dean decided to let Dick express himself. When the Fosbury flop emerged, US coach Peyton Jordan, a first-class status quo protector, jokingly commented, kids imitate champions. If they try to imitate Fosbury, he will wipe out an entire generation of high jumpers because they all will have broken nets. The truth is that thanks to those who weren't afraid to challenge the status quo, now we only have broken records. If we are not even capable of questioning what the professionals do, the status quo, then we will not continue to move forward. That's why I question everything to make sure I provide the best for my team and players. I want to benefit from science, the pursuit of knowledge and understanding of the world, but from the science that has rigor, not the one that asks itself what is the universal exercise and number of repetitions to eliminate hamstring injuries for football players. I just follow Natalia Balaguer's advice. Questioning science is how you do science. As other professionals, I also want to benefit from the experience of the best coaches, or better said, of those who win. Not to copy the recipe, but to learn from the chef's judgment. I don't give a shit what they do. I don't care about what is fashionable. I want to know why they do what they do. If your method is only based on copying what the best do, you will end up like the daughter of Juan Cortez. He was telling me that the mother of one of his friends died and they went to the funeral home. Her daughter stayed in the car, but as soon as they arrived and parked it, she started to cry inside the car. They asked her, why was she crying? The little girl answered them, isn't that what should be done in these places? Go to Fosbury Flop, that block to check the written version of the episode, its notes, and much more content.